0: Today's she'er is the Nishmas, my late father, of Pesel, Dab and Avram Nata, and also should be as a chus for Rufua Shalema, for all of those who need it. We're going to talk about today, in our brief she'er the Navi Yermiyahu, who is the author of three Sfarim in uh, Tanakh, uh, Yirmiyahu, which is the source of the first two Haftaros of the next two weeks, uh, Pinchas and Matos Mase. Um, the Tlaseh de Piranusa, the Shloshah de Piranusa, the three punishment Haftoros that come predicting the Korban that then takes place, Sefer Eicha, which is the reaction to the Korban as it's happening and immediately afterwards, and Sefer Melachim, um, Yirmiyahu and Navi lives out the final years of the first Beis Hamikdash. Saw the Beis HaMikdars destroyed and was almost completely wiped out as a result. Um, Yirmiyahu first became a Navi when he was 13 years old, but he had been designated to be a Navi from before his birth. Uh, he got Navua Chazal tell us, without pain, which usually there's some variety of pain involved. Um, but Yirmiyahu was born to be a Navi. He didn't choose this. And that's the kind of job that many uh, Naviim would prefer not to have had. Um, Yirmiyahu was the son of, of Yehoiachim, I'm sorry, Yirmi ben Chilkia was the son of Arcoin, who may have been the same Chilkia who was the Kohen Gadol during the time of King Yoshiyahu where Yirmi Yehoh's began, who found Sefer Dvarim after it had been lost almost intentionally throughout the terrible reign of the wicked King Menashe, Yoshiahu's father. Um Yir-Miyo prophesied for 40 years and Chazal tell us that in that way he is very comparable to Moshe Rabbeinu, more so than any other Navi. Um, that we meet. He prophesied for 40 years, says of Rabbi Yudan Bar Shimon. Um, he prophesied about Yehuda and Yisrael and had uh, rebelliousness and opposition from Klael Yisrael within, as we've seen throughout Sefer Ba Midbar from Moshe Rabenu. Moshe was thrown into the Nile. Yerim was thrown into a pit, into prison. He was saved by a maidservant. servant. Yehud was saved by a slave. And he gave muster to Klaal Yisrael that wasn't always so accepted. So Yirmiyahu's Nebuah goes from Yoshiahu's 11 years to then the 11 years of Yehoiachim, the son of Yoshiahu, and then the final 11 years of Tzidkiyahu HaMelech, another son of Yoshiahu, uh, interspersed with a few months reign of two other kings, Yehoiachim and Ahaziah, as mentioned at the end of Sefer Melachim. Ironically, most of these were righteous kings. Yoshiyahu eradicated Avodah from among the people. So on paper, it would seem to have been a, a great time for the Jewish people, and yet this is exactly when the Beit is destroyed. Our leaders are righteous, our people are observant, uh, geopolitics in the region are on our side. So the book of Yerim which we read this week and next week, is answering a basic question, which is why? And as Yermi Yahu explores, the answer is that Hashem doesn't judge by externals. The society of Yehuda was rotting and corroded from the inside. Uh, the people who were externally very firm, who dressed firmly, as a social worker of my acquaintance likes to say, they're firmly dressed, but they held on internally to a very pagan point of view. They didn't fear HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they didn't accept Hashem's sovereignty over them. They didn't subscribe truly to the lifestyle and value system of the Torah. And they wanted to emulate the values of the pagan peoples around them and be just like everybody else. Um, and this is why Yirmiyahu encounters more Jewish opposition than any other Navi uh, from the leaders, from the government, from the people, from everyone. Everyone is fighting with Yirmiyahu Navi. HaNavi. He is a lone voice identifying all the problems. That all of the society is sweeping under the rug and refusing to recognize, refusing to acknowledge. And that's why he ended up in prison for a very long time as the king throws him into a pit just so that he won't have to listen to him anymore. Uh, His words in the Nach are tremendous. They have an edge. They have a strength. They have almost an ironic point where he's saying we're up at the edge of the precipice. We're about to go over the cliff and nobody wants to hear it. Rabbi Beryl Wein says, basically what he's saying is, you guys just don't get it. Um, He begins as a Navi at the age of 13. Um, He says, Na'ar Anochi, he fights it, he tries to avoid accepting his mission, like Moshe, like Yonah Hanavi, running away from Ninveh, like Yoel Hanavi. He has no choice, and in the end, he's not even rewarded for fulfilling this role. No Navi really is. You, it's not a great job with benefits afterwards. You don't get a good retirement. Moshe was not admitted to Eretz Yisrael. Elisha was reviled by the people. Eliyahu Navi ends up you know, taking a chariot to heaven and fire, but but never being accepted by all the people around him. Yeshaya is murdered by his own grandson. It, it's rarely a choice because Hashem needs the Nevi'im to communicate with us, and we don't want to necessarily hear what they have to say. And the Sefer itself mostly consists of what they call in English a Jeremiad, which means a prophecy, a statement of sadness and doom and gloom. Yirmiyahu has a tremendous love for Claw Yisrael, and his empathy towards Claw Yisrael does not abate. He doesn't give up. Their destruction is his destruction. So as he says in Eicha, Ani hagever I am the man who is being exiled. I am the man who is suffering along with you during the Chorban. He never says, I told you so. That's not what he's made out of. He wants us to fix, to remedy what's happening. And we don't. And he watches us head heedlessly into destruction. And that's just going to be the end of us. Hashem tells him at the very beginning in this week's Haftarah that the the problems are going to come from the north and there's a whole geopolitical idea about that, that there are two powers in the Middle East, the southern power, which is always Mitzrayim, and the northern power, which in this case is going to be Bavel. And Yirmiya gives a very practical advice to all of the kings, saying, don't rebel, don't fight against Bavel. Keep your head down, serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But Tzidkiyoh HaMelech is convinced to rebel against the judgment of the Navi, whereupon the Navi is locked up, so we don't have to hear what he's going to say. And so on one side, Yirmiyahu seems to be the Navi of bitterness and sadness. On the other side, however, he is also a tremendous Navi of redemption and return and comfort. Yirmiyahu is the one who tells us V'shavu banim that we are going to return to Eretz Yisrael even after this terrible Chorban that is taking place. Yakir li zachar od, Hashem is going to remember us nishma, that a voice is going to be heard on the high places and that Rachel should not give up hope because eventually her children are going to come back. And some of the Bible critics are so disturbed by these two seemingly oppositional sides of Yirmiyahu that they argue there had to have been two separate authors with such different perspectives. But of course they lack the perspective that we understand that Yirmiyahu, the same Navi, is giving both sides of the same Navua, the destruction and the comfort, the terrible troubles and the return. And of course, that reflects the message of Hashem because it all comes from the same HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is where the Bible critics are going to fall short because they don't have that emuna that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everything. And sometimes that means we're going to suffer and sometimes that means that we are going to be comforted. One last point about Yermiyahu, uh, if this wasn't too rambling, but he's an amazing person. Um, there's an amazing portrait by Rembrandt that really captures that incredible sadness of Yirmiyahu uh, that is well worth checking out online. I highly recommend it. But Ravi Yisrael Reisman tells a story. In 1924, when Rav Pam was 11 years old and living in Lita in Europe, his father left Lita for the United States and the family would follow two years later in 1926. The senior Rav Pam had taken most of his farm with him but left behind the volume of Yirmiyahu that had the Peresh HaMalbim in it. And it had just been printed. And the heading on each page of the Sefer was Liber, L-I-B-E-R, Jeremiah, or Liber Yirmiyahu. And Rav Pam at the age of 11, interpreted it in Yiddish and said, Liber Eliyahu, meaning the loving Yirmiyahu, the one who loved Chal Yisrael. So when he learned Sefer Yerim Yahu, he would tell later, one of his favorite sfarim, he would learned all of the rebuking and all of what seemed to be the criticism and the negativity in a loving, personal way, begging his people to avoid the Churban. And it's only later that he realized that Liber Jeremiah was Latin for Liber, like library, the book of Jeremiah. But he had already studied the Sefer as the words of a loving leader. So a reminder that we remember as we read these Sifre Teichacha and Eicha that these are the words of love from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Nevi'im who love us the most. May we be worthy of the reconstruction and the bringing back of the Beis HaMikdash that we've been yearning for for so long. Have a great day.